0: Woo! happy friday and welcome to the between the dream podcast i'm your host richard taylor jr i am so excited to have you all here today we've got another amazing conversation Part two around domestic abuse coming up, and three very important things I want you all to look out for when we talk about early red flags that can help us in the long haul. Before we get to that, though, I want to say thank you to all of our new listeners. Maybe this is your first time or one of your few first times tuning in to the podcast. Thank you all so much for your continued love and support. And of course, for my dream team, that is those of you all who have been listening to the podcast for any length of time. Thank you for your continued support. I ask that whether new or returning, Please make sure you share this podcast episode and any other episode that you listen to that you feel is beneficial or helpful to the folks in your space and in your circle. So, as you all know, or maybe you don't, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I wanted to talk from this space as somebody who was in a physically and emotionally and verbally abusive relationship for a decent amount of time. Um, I wanted to be able to just talk from stuff that I've noticed, but also, too, I think things that will not only help us, whether we're struggling or if we're just connected to somebody who's getting into a new relationship or space or maybe you suspect that there might be something going on. Right. If this is the case. I want you all to really listen in. So we started part one earlier this week, and we talked about some stuff around um, getting involved too quick. We talked about unrealistic expectations, and we talked about jealousy, right? Th- today, I want to take um, uh, I want to take it a little deeper, right? Three levels that I think are going to be so important when we talk about what we can be paying attention to in red flags are going to be this. We're going to talk isolation today. We're going to talk about bringing someone's past up and using it um, to demean them or to demonize them. Uh, some people refer to it as battering of the past or past battering, whatever you wanna call it. And then finally, we're also gonna be talking about being able to pay attention to controlling behavior. And I actually wanna start there, right? Um, because of the fact that the other day when we were talking, I talked about jealousy a little bit when it came to how um, jealousy can really start to, you um, show itself very early and often from a a form of you know they're just really weird behaviors they uh, accuse you of cheating like Your your mom could send you a text and tell you how beautiful you look. And all they see is that you look beautiful. And of course, they're freezing up now. Like, why is somebody telling you look beautiful? It's like, hey, fam, chill. It's my mom. It's my OG. What do you mean? So jealousy is a big piece. Right. But jealousy links right into controlling behavior. Right. And with controlling behavior, we can see it in a ton of ways. Right. It can come through the form of, um Oh God. The first one that I think of is this idea that you as an adult have to like ask for like Um, an okay or permission to do certain things, right? Uh, Makes you feel like you need to ask for permission to go out and hang out with your friends, right? You've got to give an account for everybody that is going to be there. Are there going to be any guys there? Are there going to be any girls there, right? How long do you think you're going to be? I need you back in by this time, right? These are some very easy things to kind of spot out there, right? So that's one of them, right? Sometimes in controlling behavior, if we can be completely honest, family, sometimes controlling behavior can be manipulation that looks like love care or concern let's talk about it right sometimes we get with individuals who pretend like they are concerned for our safety or our well-being and or that they're concerned with how we use our time so that we can stay productive. They're concerned with how we're using our time when it comes to our physical body, right? Like, and, and let me give you an example of this. You might be with a person who has, we talked about unrealistic expectations in part one of this conversation. And one of the things in unrealistic expectations is we can sometimes get with people who have an idea of what we're supposed to look like physically, right? And so in this, they will do what they have to do to try and act like they're concerned about your physical well-being so that they can make sure that they're trying to keep you at a body weight or look or whatever the case might be that works for them, right? So it can come in many different forms. It can come through the form of controlling what you eat, controlling the the friend groups that you're with, but this is a real thing, right? Um, Another thing that you might notice in the times where behavior is very controlling is that they are upset if you let's say for instance you get back in late or maybe they had that unrealistic expectation of time or when they thought you needed to be home or where you're supposed to be you might get a chance to see some anger um in those spaces and that anger becomes constant right you might get a chance to even witness um their, the moments where they act like um uh you're not capable and when i what i mean by not capable is that that they, they in their mind think that they are the only individuals who can make decisions for you. You're not good enough to make wise decisions, or I want to do all of these different things for you. And I think that these are some things that we've got to really make sure that we are paying attention, um, to these moments. It could also come in the form of, you know, trying to control what you wear, trying to control, um, the people you hang out with and it leads me kind of into the next space too which is the second big thing red flag that i want you all to pay attention to which is isolation right and so one of the big things that we notice about controlling behavior specifically around um who you hang out with who you spend your time with one of the the the, the easiest uh, pieces that you're going to pay attention to or to notice excuse me is going to be the isolation of you with close friends and sometimes it's crazy right they don't necessarily always come out and tell you hey i need you to cut this person off or i don't want you around this person or i don't want you hanging out anymore what you might end up having happen instead is this you might find yourself in a position to where um it's one of those things where they might drop little hints or they might be trying to manipulate you with a bunch of time and in trying to manipulate you With a bunch of time, what you tend to have happen is, is that You have spent so much time with them because they want all of your time. They want all of your attention. And in the moments where this happens, you sometimes unknowingly begin to cut people off. You sometimes unknowingly start to cut off your friends and you've isolated yourself, whether that was your intention or not. Right. And so with this, isolation comes in a few different forms. Right. It comes from the standpoint um Um, putting down the people that you know, down talking them, um, trying to find something wrong with the people that you hang around your friend circles, right? They might carry a very, um defeated outlook on life and and maybe on people as well and because of that they push that on to like your friend groups and the individuals that you might be with right Um, they might put you in a position to where they make you feel like your friends or family members give bad advice and they're not trustworthy right and of course they're going to do everything they can in their power to make it seem like they're the individual that once again knows best and in this it could start to put you in a position to where you isolate yourself from your family right oh your family might be too controlling right um uh, it might be a thing of you know they they might even try and sow dissension in your head to make you think like is this really love or is this your family controlling you these little things whether you know it or not can lead to isolation right um i know like i said and i, I don't want to share anybody's story but uh, some individuals that i'm close to have talked about stuff like this when it comes to you know they they were with abusers that made it very very difficult for them to do certain things when it came to their livelihood, work, school, social life, that helped with work or school, networking events, all of these different things, like literally um, significant others showing up to the, the networking event and basically ruining opportunities or coming in and starting beef and drama with coworkers that wanted nothing to do with them. Um, but of course, you know, in their controlling mind, they did, right? And, and in these moments when this happens, A situation like that, for example, can put you in a position to where you're isolated because, of course, one, it brings about embarrassment on your behalf. So it's like, dang, I can't be around these people um, after having something like that happen. But two, also, what you tend to find in moments like this when isolation like that is involved, it also puts it in a position to where other people might pull back from rocking with you or messing with you or spending time with you because of the fact that you with Captain Crazy and Captain Crazy has... Created a wedge and a divide, right? Final red flag piece that I think is going to be important for part two is this here, right? We talk about being able to weaponize somebody's past, use it against them, and trying to bring hurt and pain. Now, this can come in a total um, slew of forms, if we're honest, right? Um, I think that in this, um, and and you know let's let's do this because I want to talk past from two separate ways right because um, if we if we went the route of past battering um, I think one of the things that we've got to do is talk about the 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 abusers past aggressions and things. So I'll save that for another episode. I want to talk about the demonization when it comes to your past, right? And so the demonization when it comes to your past is this, right? You are with somebody who might try and utilize the failure of your last relationship or relationship before. They might try and use the fact that maybe you maybe you were molested right we're just gonna keep it a buck and have some real conversation right and you will have individuals that you get with because of their abusive narcissistic ignorant and controlling nature will try and do something to make you feel like you were at fault for a moment of being a victim Right? They might try and use your past when it comes to the number of sexual partners that you've had up until the point of being with them. They might try and use your past when it comes to very intimate details that you shared Maybe you didn't do too well in school. Maybe you failed. Maybe you, you, you. Maybe you you failed when it came to um, some dreams or goals, right? And they try and use this against you to weaken you. They will demonize you, and they will use this to batter you, to abuse you in verbal ways. And it, it's nothing but mind control. It's nothing but manipulation. And these are true signs of narcissists that will come in and start the cycle of emotional abuse, right? And then of course, you're in your head now and you're now thinking about, well, man, maybe they're right. Maybe it was my fault. Maybe I'm not smart. Maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I'm not, 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 not. And what it does is it starts to speak to your person And to a degree, it creates a wall of insecurity and it creates a wall of uncertainty about oneself that you now have to start to try and figure out, sort through, and conquer. I know in a span of 12 minutes, I gave y'all a lot, so I'ma pause right here. This is part two. I'm gonna stop with those three things, using your past to demonize you, isolation, and controlling habits, right? These are three, what I believe to be very visible and easily identifiable red flags that you can start paying attention to when you talk about having to deal with an e- uh, an abuser. Right? Um, there's so much content available online and conversations around podcasts and 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 and, and um, like TV shows and episodes. You name it around different things that can help. Right? But if you find yourself in a position to where you need help or maybe somebody that you know needs help, I need for you all to know that help is available and it comes in a plethora of forms. And so with this being the case, please do not um, hesitate when it comes to having the help that you need. Of course, when we talk about the domestic violence hotline, you can reach them at 1-800-799-7233 or 1-800-799-SAFE. S-A-F-E. Make sure, listen, it might not be you, it might be somebody that you know, but there are resources available and out here for our people because our people need help. Domestic violence comes in a multitude of forms. It doesn't always show up as the physical right away. We do have the verbal, we do have the emotional abuse, and of course, if you're stuck in it over a longer period of time, we get a chance to see things go from bad to worse, and this is where we want to start becoming very active, being proactive rather than reactive. Listen, if this helps you. Make sure that you share it with somebody else that you think might benefit from it. Hit me up if you got any questions. Instagram is richard.taylorjr. Facebook and LinkedIn, Richard L. Taylor Jr. And of course, Twitter is at truly Made. Website, richardtaylorjr.com. As always, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream.